Why did you even bother putting on your clothes and coming here? Please ask yourself that. Why are you here? Why are you here? The easiest part of living for God is coming to church. It is the same for the preacher and same for those that come to church. The easiest part of living for God is what we're doing right now. And so we will come to this place. Most of us will frequently come to this place Sundays as we gather here because this is probably the easiest part of living for God. But we got to deal with some of the other parts of living for God yeah. that are not so easy. Amen. This is the easiest part. The other parts of it are not as easy, but does it mean that we forsake it? We don't do it because it's challenging. But always remember this about God. He loves you very much. And God will never ask you to do anything that you could not do. That would not be a good God. He would not be fair. He would not be just if he asked you to do something that you couldn't do. Always remember that. So even though some of the things you think may be a little challenging, maybe a little hard, and maybe take a little bit of time and commitment from you, doesn't mean that it can't be done. It just means it takes those things. And God must be requiring those things while he's asking you to do what he asked you to do. So when you stop and say, this is difficult, and this is going to take more time, and this is going to take more effort, just, just understand God is saying, exactly. 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 And that's why he's asking, because he's asking for that time. He's asking for that commitment. He's asking for all those things that you will go through in your mind that is going to require you to obey his word. All of those things that you're thinking, oh, you mean I have to do this? I, yeah, he's requiring those things. Hallelujah. God help us this morning. Let me tell you, my, my, my greatest passion and desire as I stand here this morning, before I even came to stand before you this morning, I just would love to see God's will be done in your life. I would just love to see the light bulb come on. You know when someone is learning and, and they're not sure about what they're learning and then when they finally get it, oh yes! And they get it and they get so excited about just putting it in practice right away because they finally got it. I wish that could happen to us this morning. I wish that can happen to us where the light bulb come on and we get it and says yes! And we just do it because we got it. Whatever I can do this morning, Jesus, what I ask you to do is make me a conduit. I just want to see your will be done. And I know, God, how badly you want to see your people do what you want them to do because you know what's best for them. And so, Lord, let it be done. Lord, I submit to your authority that your authority, Lord God, will operate through me and in me. 
It's your authority that we want to operate in this place, not man's authority, not the flesh of man, not the will of man. Let me not speak any idle words. Let me not put myself in this, Lord, but let the spirit of the Lord, I ask, O God, that your spirit will have preeminence and that people will encounter your presence today. And God, that I will be able to speak a word that you want me to speak to give them understanding and clarity. That God, every person will respond today in faith, in obedience, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We are showered down the power and the glory from on high. Lord, we cannot just come to this place, Lord, ignorantly and leave ignorantly. We can't come to this place, Lord God, and just be a traditional group, Lord God. But Lord, we're looking for what you want from us, Lord. And you want relationship. And so God, I pray that today before we leave, uh, there will be a commitment, Lord God. Uh, There will be, Lord God, surrenderance. There will be submission uh, that every one of us will submit under your authority. Every one of us will obey uh, what thus saith the Lord. Uh, And every one of us, Lord God, uh, will hunger and thirst to have right relationship. The Bible tells us, I don't know if you understand this, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will pray on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. And what that means sometimes is you don't even know what to pray. Um, The Bible tells us that, that sometimes we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit will pray on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. We, we, We just can't say what it is. But when you don't know what to say and you don't know how to say it and you can't just communicate it the right way, the Spirit, Jesus Christ, will begin to pray on your behalf for you. So when you hear somebody talk in tongues sometimes, what it really just means, I've felt that for the past couple of days, I talk in tongues sometimes, not because I'm trying to do it, but the Holy Spirit begins to operate me because I'm, I got so much in my brain and in my mind and I don't know how to communicate it to God. And before I know it, I just start talking in another language that I don't understand because it's Jesus in me that's praying on my behalf because I just can't get it all out. That happens for you too if you'll allow him. God is no respective person. We're thinking about all these things and we want to we, we see God's will be done. And sometimes you just can't get it all together. You just don't know how to communicate it just right. Well, let the Holy Spirit pray on your behalf. John chapter 12. I guess we can get started. Verse number 12 says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast." When they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, don't want to say the word because young people shouldn't say that word, sat thereupon as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, 
thy king cometh, sitting on a donkey's colt. These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. You may be seated. Today I want to entitle this message, Is Jesus Your King? Last week we talked about who is your God. This week we're talking about is Jesus your King? For those of you that might not know, let me just kind of give you the backdrop real quick of what we just read in the text. The text talked about Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem on a donkey. It was prophesied back in the Old Testament scriptures that he would. And so he came forth on the donkey. And as he was entering in, they began to praise him. Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, glory be to God. And Jesus is our God. And they honored him. That is from that day till today, we have labeled that day Palm Sunday. So today is what we call Palm Sunday because it was the palm tree leaves that they waved in honor of their king. Palm tree leaves. They laid their coats and they, they laid their clothes and they their clothes and they laid the palm tree leaves and he just came down on the donkey and they celebrated him as king. So today is Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. So look at what's going on. God showed them by coming on the donkey that day that he was essentially, he is their king. And so they celebrated that. But he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. They celebrated him as king. And a few days later, they're going to kill him on the cross. Then he will raise three days later. There's a lot going on there. So understand sometimes when your life sometimes operate like that, you're no different from Jesus. Take it in stride and says, I'm just like Jesus. I'm all good today. Everybody think I'm just the best person in the world. Next week, they want to ridicule me. I, they can't stand me, and I'm the worst, and I just did this, and I did that, and nobody likes me. And they were like, kill him, kill her. Amen. And then they finally get their way. But God raised me back up, gave me a name that's above every name. <laughs> we are his children. And if we're going to be his children, we're going to experience the same kind of things he experienced. Let me help you this morning. God became so we would become. God became so we would become. If God never became, and we feel that became, we'll let you know all the stuff that he became. 
If he never became, you couldn't become. If you want to become, you have to acknowledge that he became. Yahweh was one of the most important names for God in the Old Testament. Yahweh, which is from the verb to be, meaning simply but profoundly, listen to me carefully, I am who I am and I will be who I will be. That word Yahweh, it means God. But what it means is I am who I am and I will be who I will be. That is very important. Very important. The four-letter Hebrew word, Y-H-W-H, was the name by which God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush. I am who I am, and I will be who I will be. Very important for us to grab a hold of what that means. The Bible says, no man, meaning nobody, has ever seen God at any time. Follow me this morning, please. You can find that in John chapter 1, verse 18. Nobody has ever seen God. So in order for you to see him, he has to become what he needs to become for you to know who he is. Because if no man has ever seen God, how can you ever know God? So in order to know God, God had to become. I don't know why we have a hard time accepting and understanding that, but you could never really know God. God's whole purpose to us is for us, or we can say it the other way, is for him to have relationship with us. Amen. I can't tell you how much this drives me that I'm getting ready to say to you. If we really want to get where God wants us to get, here's probably the best recommendation I can give to you. Start pursuing God by relationship more than anything else. Amen. All right. Two amens. Amen. Mm-hmm. 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 I know what I'm talking about. I really prayed and I wanted the Holy Ghost to have total control over my life this morning. And so, God, the only reason for all of this is one word. Relationship. When you narrow this thing down to relationship, it changes a lot that you, how you will see things, how you will pursue God, how you will live for God. Relationship is why we're here today, because God always existed. But how can a loving God exist lovingly with nobody to love? So the loving God had to create people that could be just like him that could love as he loves us. 
So relationship is what this is all about. We have twisted Christianity to mean everything that we want it to mean. But the Lord wants you to know this morning, his whole purpose for us ever being here and the whole purpose of us having what we call church and the whole purpose of us worshiping and praising and doing all the things we do is just so we can come into relationship with him. So we're looking for something else. This is not going to work for you. Amen. Relationship is tough. And, and I think sometimes we judge our relationship with one another to the point where it, it, it interferes with us not having a relationship with God. We can't understand God's way of reaching out to us because we're always looking at this relationship and we can't understand this relationship. So we're trying to base God's relationship with us on how we have relationship with one another. And God is saying, are you kidding me? What do you all know about relationship? I'm the author of relationship and the only way you're going to have good relationship with one another is through me. We're, 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 not, we're not doing well in the relationship area. Here's something for somebody, Holy Ghost, put in my heart. Here's something for you. Because of your ways, you can call it sin or not. I'm going to be nice to you and say, say it just like this. Because of your ways, you become offended with people because of your ways. What the Spirit has revealed to me is you have some issues, and because of your issues, you started thinking and believing something about somebody else only because of your issue. Because if God can really come down and tell you today what you think is wrong, he'll tell you it's not really wrong. But because of what you have experienced, your perception of what you're seeing in, per- in people is not right. It's only because you've got some situations. Depending on what you're going through is how you're going to see people. I guarantee you, think about the times when you felt like you was in right relationship with God and things were going pretty good. Did you really ever see anybody as terrible? Did you ever see anybody as, "Ah, I don't like them, oh, I don't like how... No, when you're in right relationship with people, you see good in them and you see God in them and if you see fault in them, you know what you see? Maybe I can help them with that fault. When you're in right relationship with God, you never see negative. You always see the positive. You see the things of God when you're in right relationship with God. But when things are not going good in your situation, when some of your bad experiences have come back up in your life, now you're starting to have perceptions and thoughts about people that are not from God. They're from you. And the only reason why you have them is because of what's going on with you. God is talking to somebody. Don't, 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 don't. Listen, remember what I tell you. When God talks, if it, if, if it hurts, always remember this. Whatever God says is good for me. It can hurt like you know what. But if it hurts, thank God for talking to you. Because the worst thing that can happen, brothers, you know all about this. The worst thing that can happen is for God to ignore you. 
Brothers, when your wife or your spouse ignore you, that's the worst that they can do. Same vice versa. Any close relationship you're in, the worst thing a person can do is ignore you. You would rather them argue with you and fuck with you because in your mind, yeah, they care. I'm getting to them. Something is happening. But if they get silent on you, you are like, no, this is not good. So when God is talking, if you don't like what he's saying, just say, but God, I thank you anyhow because you're talking to me because you want me to understand something. So take what I'm telling you this morning. If you will just say, God, forgive me because I have... Looked at people the wrong way because of my issues. Because of all that is wrong in my heart. And whatever is wrong in my heart, somehow I allowed myself to get to that place. It's something in me that I need to fix. And I can't fix it, God. You have to help me get this fixed so I can see people the way you want me to see people. Because this thing is about relationship. That's what this thing is about. It's about relationship. And the very thing that this thing is about is the very thing that we struggle the hardest with. So God wants relationship with us. And so he has revealed himself so we can have relationship with him. What did he say? I am who I am and I will be who I will be. So when Moses asked God, who should I say? sent me. That's what he said to Moses. I am who I am and I will be who I will be because God is wanting relationship with us. And so he will be who he is, but he will become who he needs to become just for us to have relationship with him. So we get it twisted and say three gods, four gods, two gods, whatever we want. And all he's saying is, no, it's only one God. But I become what I need to just to reach you all. I'm only one. But Guess what? I am so powerful that if I just stay who I am, you will never get to know me. You couldn't come close to me if I stay the Almighty. So somehow, I have to kind of lower myself a little bit. Somehow, I have to make myself less than so you can know me because I want relationship with you. And we're twisting that up to mean all different kind of things. When all he's saying is, I have to make myself whatever I need to make myself so you all can know me so we can have relationship. So what are some of the things that God has become so we will know him? Understand, we got to learn some things about God. So the almighty God, Yahweh, I am who I am. I am who I will be. Yahweh, this, he has become to us so we can know him. These are some of the things, this is not everything, some of the things God has become so we can know him. He has become the son of God. How is he the son? Because he's Mary's son and Joseph's stepdad. So God became a son so we can know him and we're calling him something separate. No, he's still God, but he became a son so we can know him. God became a servant. Guess what? He became a little lower than the angel. He became a servant so we can know him. He became the lamb that was slain for us. So we can know him. He became a shepherd. So we can know him. He became a king. So we can know him. He is our father. So we can know him. The Bible says he is the bridegroom. So we can know him. 
The Bible says he is the head of the body. So we can know him. Can I do it the other way for you? How about us? How about us? He called us many things as well. He called us the body of Christ. So does that mean that's all you can be as the body of Christ? He called us sheep. I thought we were the body of Christ. Yeah, we are that too. He called us sheep. We are that too. He called us royal priesthood. He called us children of God. So is that, does that mean we're like four or five different people? No. We're not. But God become what he needs to become to relate to us. And we are who we need to be so we can relate to him. It's about relationship. We got to relate to God and God got to relate to us. So now you understand as we get to this whole point of, is he your king? Now you understand, he became a king to us. He became a king. All of this is all about relationship. Whatever he is becoming to us is so we can have right relationship with him. I w- I'm telling you, if you can get this in your soul, that this is about relationship. It's not about a ritual. It's not about a religion. It's not about following some, the, the word of God. And that sounds like blasphemy, but I know what I'm saying. Because some people have made their religion that they're going to know the word of God and they're going to quote the word of God and they're going to, we're going to compare ourselves to one another according to the word of God. We sit around and whoever knows the most word of God, we start exercising, flexing our spiritual muscles that we know more than this one. And so we make it about the word and that will lose you along the way. What you need to focus on is what kind of relationship do you have with him? How are you relating to him? We have gone through a whole lot of things that we do that it shouldn't be. This, this hurts because this is going to hurt all of us. We make coming to church something that we feel like we're obligated to do. We make reading our Bible. Oh, I read my Bible today. We make praying. Man, I prayed. All of these things that we do concerning God, we make it like, okay, now that I've done that, I can move on. Now that I've done that, I've fulfilled my purpose. Now that I've done that, I'm good. What kind of relationship are you in with God? Where now that you have done that, you're good. Or is it that relationship never stops? So if it never stops, how are we living for God? Back to what I said originally. Come in here. Easiest part of the relationship. Easiest part of the relationship. God wants real relationship. Not the relationship that we have learned, unfortunately, all of us. Don't, I'm included. We have learned to do in this earth. God is saying, 
That's not the relationship that I envisioned when I created. So you all are going to have to figure out, study my word, pray, seek me, and learn how to have right relationship with me because that's what's going on. Listen, man, I don't even know what I'm going to say and where I'm going to go. All right, let's go. Let, let, let me see if I can. Let's go. To, let's go here. Ah. All right. Let's talk about God being king. We know that it was prophesied in the Old Testament uh, that Israel or the Jews will have a king. And today we, know, we now know because we, 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 we studied the word of God and we understand who that king is and that that king is Jesus Christ. We know that now. And so when they finally recognized that Jesus Christ was their king, they started praising him. They started worshiping him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get into that in a little bit about what you do concerning your king. But here's, they're showing us something here. The Jews are saying, we recognize that Jesus is our king. That Palm Sunday, they started praising and started worshiping as he entered Jerusalem on that donkey. So they realized, here come our king. Oh, praise is be unto our king. That's how they felt. There was one problem with that. They were looking for a king who would be political. They were looking for a king who would rule the world. Listen to that carefully, because we think God ruled the world. They were looking for a king who ruled the world. They were looking for a king to fulfill their hopes and their desires. So when they understood Jesus was the king that the scriptures prophesy about, they praise him and worship him. But that issue was that they thought him to be one way in how they perceived him. Hear me today. We have done the same thing. Man. That's why the Bible can say there's nothing new under the sun. Because we think we're different. We like to feel like we're different. We think we're different from Israel back then. No, we're doing the same old, same old. We get saved, quote unquote, and we'll deal with that before we go today. We get saved and we want Jesus to fulfill all of our desires. You got quiet. Because you just said in your mind, yeah, why wouldn't he? Yeah, that's why you got quiet. Because you think that I'm cursing at you. Like, what do you mean, preacher? Yes, he's supposed to. Now that I'm, I'm a Christian, he better fulfill all my desires. I just heard the Holy Ghost. He says, after you fulfill his desires. Mm-hmm. He will fulfill your desires after you fulfill his desires. He was here before you. And so, we're doing the same thing. We want Jesus to be political. He needed to straighten out Donald Trump. That's what some people are thinking. Uh, that, 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 that's what you're thinking. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Jesus said, I'm not even in that. That's why Christians that start getting into politics, I got a problem with that. I'm not going to lie to you. When we start getting in politics and preach our politics in, in, in God's pulpit, I think that's wrong. This is a sacred thing that we do. It's about God. And when God came to this world, he never got involved with politics. Now, I'm not telling you we don't obey them that have rule over us and we don't pray for those that are in leadership position because we're supposed to. But what I'm telling you is don't put your politics on anybody. Because if we're all Christians, the only thing that we should be doing is saying, I know most of our leaders are not Christians and they're not following Christian values. But what I will do is look and see who is following our values the most and that's who I will vote for. That's the bottom line. But we want a politician as our God. We want him to handle politics. We want him to fulfill our desires. We want him to rule the world. Yeah, hold on to that. I'm going to fix that one for you because you're wondering, yeah, preacher, that's what he's supposed to do, right? And so all of our thoughts towards the Lord, what we think he's supposed to be doing, has been so wrong that we're frustrated in Christianity. We're so frustrated in this walk that we call Christianity because we have decided to do it the way we think and the way we feel. And so we're frustrated with this thing called Christianity because it's not producing and yielding what we think it should. But guess what? We've been doing it the way we want to and not the way he said. And so we're frustrated. And we keep coming to church and we keep saying, it's not working, but I know I'm supposed to come. I know that the Bible talked about one day, some people go to hell and some people go to heaven. I can't go to hell from what I've heard about hell. I can't go there. So as much as I don't feel like this is doing anything for me, I'm going to go anywhere. Oh, there's many people in the church that saying, I'm coming. I just got to be here because guess what? I am not going to hell. And that's probably why you're here this morning because you're not going to hell. That don't get you out of hell, though. It don't get you It don't get you to heaven. It don't get you there just because you feel like I can't go to hell. Because the only thing that keeps us from going where we should not go is right relationship with God. It's not about me saying I can't go to hell. I got to do something. I got to go to church because I don't want to go to hell. That's not the way it works. It's called relationship. It's called relationship. It's called relationship. Hmm. When, 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 when a husband and wife have, have good relationship, I preface it by saying they have good relationship because I know people don't do this. When, when husband and wife have good relationship, they, they wake up in the morning and acknowledge one another. I don't want to talk to the ones that just wake up and just roll off and don't have nothing to say to each other. The ones that have good relationship, when they wake up, they, they, they acknowledge one another. That's relationship, right? So why is it a chore in the morning when we wake up and talk to Jesus? Mm. Why is it a chore to worship him? Why is it a chore to praise him? Why is it a chore to say, I'm going into the house of the Lord today when I'm supposed to be having relationship? So if I'm having a relationship, I look forward to talking to you. That's prayer. I look forward to worship you. That's giving myself to you. I look forward to praising you. That's letting you know how grateful I am. I look forward to it. I am not being forced. I'm not being pressed. I'm doing it because I love to have relationship with you.
God, help us from this struggle. Help us to see it the right way and not be going to the left or to the right, but see it the way we need to see it and approach it the way we need to approach it and not the way we think we should go. Oh, help us, God. Help us. Oh, help us today, Lord. We want him to rule the world. We want him to fulfill our desires. Here's the problem. The king only rules in his kingdom. The king only rules what he possesses. The king only reigns over his kingdom. So if you're not a part of the kingdom, if you're not who we possess, then he is not your king. Hmm. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So where is this kingdom? Come on out there. Did you just read? Where is God's kingdom? I know some of you saying, I want to say heaven, but hold on now. Isn't God all powerful? Isn't God all this? Uh, let me stop over here and talk to you, Brother Wood. God's kingdom, yes, is in heaven. Here is what God intended that we messed up and still mess up today. And we're, you know, we're fussing with God, but we've made a mess. So God's kingdom is heaven. That's where he reigns. Then he create. remember, he created heaven before earth, right? So now he's creating earth because he's going to create us. His goal, his objective is that when I create my people, when I create earth, earth will be an extension of heaven. But because I'm creating my people to be just like me, they will rule down there while I rule up here. And so now, here we are today, supposed to be the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, have dominion over the earth. We didn't take your business. His kingdom is supposed to be heaven, and our kingdom is supposed to be earth. Oh, y'all don't believe me, huh? Go back to Genesis and see where he says, and have dominion over all the earth. He is saying, do what I do down there up here. I'm up here taking care of business. You Take care of business in the earth because you are me. You are my, my, my offspring. You, you have been made and created in my image. You just do what I say. As long as you stay under my authority, as long as you be my child, just like I execute judgment, just like I have authority, you have authority. This is why we have power to say to Satan, get out of here. Why? Because we have dominion over this. But we have gave it up in the garden. We're struggling 
Here we go. Our relationships are not good with God. So we don't realize who we are. And so things that we supposed to be taking care of, we're looking to God for it. And God is saying, I gave you dominion. God, God, can you do all of that stuff I created? I gave you charge over it. Why are you asking me to do this? You have authority to do that. I gave that to you. You have my image. You are like me. I know you and your great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. He let the devil slick him out of it. That's what happened. The devil worked through the back door and got Adam to give up control of his authority in the earth. This is why the Bible calls the devil the prince of the air, the prince of this world. Because he defeated Adam in the garden and took Adam's authority. So now that the devil has Adam authority, guess what? He is running all this stuff, and we're sitting by getting frustrated, making the devil do whatever he wants to do, when in actuality we were created to do what he is doing, because we gave him over our authority. This is why Jesus had to come, and he had to come and become a man, because the devil defeated a man. And the only way the kingdom can be taken back from the devil was going to be taken back by a man. So that's why he became a man. So you're wondering, how can God, uh, you might not understand him. Get a little closer to him and some of the things I tell you, you'll begin to just, the light will begin to come on. The closer you get to God, some of the things I'm saying, the light bulb will just come on. You're like, oh, yes. But, But it takes you getting closer to God to understand those things. So... We got tricked, deceived, warfare, brother, brother Wright would call it warfare in the garden that, 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 that um, Adam didn't, didn't really realize what was going on and the devil stole it. But here is the good news, church. The good news is when Jesus came and made himself like a human being and he defeated Satan, he took back the authority and says, okay, my children, when you submit under my authority again, when you do that, you come from underneath the power of the devil, and now you back under my authority, and now you can exercise the authority you once originally was given in the garden. So a lot of things we need to do now, it's up to us to come under complete authority, and that is that authority is the Almighty God. When we come under His authority, we have authority to say in the name of Jesus Christ, every spirit that is not of God that is operating in this house because I have submitted under the authority of Jesus I have authority to tell every demonic force and every thought that is bothering any one of you to come out of this place in the name of Jesus and they don't have a choice but to listen because I am subjected I am submitted I am under the authority of the authority of Jesus Christ. Oh. Oh. We got to get that. 
We got to get that. We are so, oh God, help me, hear me go. We are so passive and we're sitting around and we're saying, woe is me. And we're sitting around and let the devil do what he wants to us. And we're sitting around and just taking his blows. And we're sitting around and crying the blues. When God says, if you will come under my authority, I created you in my image. And you need to take authority over some of the things you're dealing with. You have that authority. You can come under God's authority today. You can come under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and realize that no matter what's going on, you can, op- you can overcome it. You can take authority over it because you were created in the image of God. You were created to have authority. You were created to have dominion over this earth. You ain't no softy. You ain't no woe is me. You ain't no, you ain't got no help. You ain't no, you can't make it because I can't do it. No, 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 no. God has created you and has given you authority and has given you a name and has given you power for you to call those things that are not as though they were. But what we must do is submit under the authority of God. If you don't submit under the authority of God, you have no authority. We've been trying to operate like we got authority, but guess what? It didn't work because we never submitted under God's authority. So until we submit under God's authority, we can call out whatever we want to call out. We can speak whatever we want to speak, and it will not happen because you can only get that to happen when you're operating under God's authority. We need to operate under God's authority. Not our own authority. We don't have no authority. We don't have no power. But when we operate under his, you go and go over to England or go over wherever you want where the king is reigning. Guess what? When the king says something, it better get done. Right? So wherever you show up as the children of the king, and when you say the king says, you do that, try that in the natural and see. Just go wherever a king rules, and whoever is under that king's authority, when they show up, people run like the king himself. When, the, when, when those that are under the king's authority shows up, it's like the king himself showing up, because they know whatever they say, they better listen. If not, the king will come to them. When we show up under the authority of Jesus Christ, the devil say, I better listen because I don't want their daddy to come after me. I better listen because who they represent, he ain't no joke, and I don't want to fool with him. So when they show up under his authority, I better just do what they say. Is Jesus your king? Is Jesus your king? Or are you just okay with just however you want to live? Oh, help me, Jesus. Let's look at some principle of the king. Because I want you to understand how you need to deal with Jesus. How you deal with Jesus as king is very important. So I want to give you some principle of, the, of, of, of how you would deal with the king. The king is the absolute authority in his kingdom. Can I tell you a secret? You know, we like to ask God why. Why? Stuff happened in our life, we want to ask why. God will never answer you. Until why doesn't matter to you. 
that went over your head. I'll tell you in a second how that works. I'll tell you, that went over your head. So here's the thing. If you ask God why, it means you don't really know who God is. But when you know who God is, if you're asking God why, you're just asking just to know because you ain't doing nothing with it because you know who he is. And so a lot of times stuff is going on. We say, why, God? God, not touching it because you're not ready for it. You can't deal with the why. So we need to leave the why alone concerning God. He is God, all-powerful, all-knowing. And so when he says something, just let it be. What you need to say is, God, show me what you want me to do in this. Show me how you want me to operate in this. Show me how you want me to live in this. I'm not asking you why. You're all knowing. You're all powerful. I just need to understand what I'm supposed to do in all of this. Forget about the why. Where, where you see, how, you, you see our, our relationship stuff? You see our relationship stuff? I can't, I can't understand why you did that to me. We don't understand. We, we, will, we will take Jesus off the cross if he was still on the cross to find out why you did that to me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because what's the end game? The end game is relationship. If you did that to me, all I want to know is, how do I make this right? How can we make this right? How can we work this out? What do I care about some why? I'm trying to have relationship. And if I want why, it's going to mess me up if I ever come to know why. Oh, God, help us today. My God, help us. Help us, Jesus. We want to know why. We want, we want to get all into it when all God is saying is, I just want relationship. Just like I just want relationship with you, why don't you do that with your brothers and sisters? Why are you trying to, why? And why are you trying to figure it all out? Just have relationship. That's all he's asking for, have relationship. Asking why will only put something in your heart that you're going to have to work hard at getting out. Oh, God. And I'm telling you, I asked God, I said, God, let me walk in the flow of the Holy Ghost this morning that I can speak to your people because something got to happen to me. Something got to happen to us that we walk out of here today different. We walk out of here today and we're going to go in the right direction. We're going to have right relationship and God's will will be done in us. Forget about the why. If you want to get hung up on why, you're hindering yourself from having right relationship. God don't answer why to us. How many times you ask God why? You ran with the answer you wanted, but God never responded to you. You just thought, yeah, it's because God's trying to do this. It's because God is trying to work this out. You don't know because he never told you. You decided, oh, it must be this why God did that. God ain't telling you why because you ain't mature enough to hear why. You came up with your own explanation. Let God just do what he's doing. He is almighty. He is all-knowing. And so the king is the absolute authority in his kingdom. He gives the laws and all judgment and justice is executed in his name. That's how the kingdom operates. Let me tell you something about a king. I just want to give you how it works in the natural so you can understand the spiritual. A gift must be presented 
when visiting a king. When I, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I read this, I wrote this down. I said, all right, God, what does that mean? And then I started laughing because the king reigns in heaven. Heaven is his kingdom. <laughs> A lot of us, we're not experiencing his presence. So all we do is experience, we, just, we visit his presence. Well, I'm telling you today, just get this in your mind so when, when we're about to end the service, you will know how to approach him. So if we just visit, guess what? Today, when you go visit God through you seeking him and your worship and your praise, understand you better bring some kind of gift with you. That's how you approach a king. You approach a king by giving a king a gift. And so if you're going to come to God, you better come with something. Don't just come. And that's what we do a lot of time when we come to the church. We come with nothing and want God to do everything. And one thing I know about relationship, you both have to do something for the relationship to work. It can't be one-sided. Because we don't understand that. You know, we think relationship is one-sided. Some of us hook up with people that we know. You know what? They can do this. They can do Oh, I want to be with that person. Why? Because they can do all for you. And you never one day thought about what you can do for them. You chose your spouse, you chose whoever you want because you looked at what they could do for you and you never stopped to say, what can I do for them? Help us. Help us. And so now you're getting a relationship and it's one-sided because when you first got with them, all you thought about was what you can get out of the deal. That ain't relationship. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Us. It goes both ways. So you extend something for them, they extend something. You give something, they give something. It can't be just your way. But that's how we're serving God and we're losing out because God is saying, do you understand relationship? I can't just keep giving and you do nothing. Especially when he has given. He keeps giving, and we keep on going to him. God, all of our prayers, God, if you can do this. Let me just answer for God. With all that I've done, and you're still asking for more, and you haven't even taken advantage of everything I've done for you? God, help us. We keep on asking, 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 because we don't understand relationship. We think relationship is, what can they do for me? And that's all. We're like pariahs. Whatever we see people can do, that's all we're after. That's all we're after. We never stop and say, what can I do for them? We just after what we can get, and we just drain them. I see relationships where people are draining people. Oh, one, one party just want them, their, their desires to be met. One party just want what they want. And the other person keeps giving and keeps giving. And finally, the other person just break. Break. Because they're saying, I can't give anymore. And they never get anything in return. We, get, we can't do that to God. We can't keep on going to God saying, God, give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. We can't do that to God. We have to give something back. It's right relationship. We have to give something back. The gift must be fitting for the king. Worse than approaching a king with no gift. Is bringing a gift that is unworthy to the king. 
You know what that's like? I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I just got to tell you how it goes sometimes. You come to church. Lord, I give you praise. Your head's right here on your chest. Lord, I give you praise. It's almost like I'm giving you this, but you don't, you don't even really want to give him nothing. You're, you're, you're giving him just, just, yeah, you don't really want to, but you just figure, ah, I guess I got to do it. And so you got your hands way down here like you barely don't want to give him nothing. You think you want that gift? I say come to the altar, and you know what you do? I just stay right here. You ain't giving him nothing. I'm not asking you to do these things for me. I'm teaching you how to approach your king. God help us. Church, listen, I don't know how long I'm going to last in this. I don't know if I know the things I need to know. But one thing I do know this, I can't tell you this enough. And maybe you need to figure it out on your own, find it out on your own. I thank God that I'm at the place where my desire for when I stand before you is for you. It's not for me. I'm never ever telling you anything because I'm trying to get you to do something for any other reason other than you getting good with God. You know what I would love to do? Because this is how I am. I would love to be able to get you all so connected and rolling and moving and shaking and doing all your things in God that I can just back away and watch and smile. Where everybody just in their purpose. Everybody understand who their God is. Everybody just, when they walk in the door, we know what we're here to do. We know who we're serving. We know who we worship. And nobody got to tell us nothing. We're just in it because we love our God. And we praise Him. And it's just working. And it's like a well-oiled machine of how relationship is working between us and God. I just want to see that because that's all God wants. I don't know any other way. Whenever I say anything to you, oh my God, I'm only saying it just because I want to see the best for you. If you can trust me, I trust me. Trust me when I tell you, if you can just trust me, I just want the best for you. I don't want anything else. I don't want nothing for you. I just, I just want the best for you. I have given my life to try to seek out God. I just sat back the other day, and I was, I was after uh, Brother Wright left yesterday, I sat back, and all I said was, some of you, I wish you will understand this. When we have anything, and you hear me announce anything in this church, please try to go. Here's what, here's what I realized, and I said, man, God, this is just amazing. The resources that God has provided for us at a church that's just barely four years old is unimaginable. I don't think you understand uh, where usually a church will be at four years old with with, 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 with what you can get out of it and what God can do in you. The resource that God has given us, for me, let me tell you this about me real quick and I'll go right back into it. My big concern with my walk with God is always going to be, did I do enough with what God has given me? That's what I worry about for myself because I just feel like he's entrusted me with so much. He's, he has put so much before me. He has allowed me to experience so many things, and I get worried. I say, Wayne, are you doing enough for what he has entrusted you with? That's what I worry about for me. That, that's what I want to try to make sure I do is I can, do, I can use up everything that I have in me for what God has entrusted me with. Listen. 
the dude that we had coming, I shouldn't say the dude, but I can call him the dude, Chester Wright that came into our district. That's unheard of. Yesterday he was leaving. I said, Brother Wright, man, I can't tell you how glad we are that you came. I never would have believed you to came to this district. And he looked at me like, why would you think that? I said, Brother Wright, you all over the world, man. People are seeking after you to get you to come. And I don't even know how you came to us. As a matter of fact, he had to come here so bad. Listen, you wouldn't believe this. What time is that? I'm, I'm going to be done soon. This is what Brother Wright said. He was ministering to the pastors yesterday in a little area. Brother Wright was in Houston this week when the Nor'easter was coming. And he was at a meeting. He was chairing a meeting, and the Nor'easter was coming. So Tuesday afternoon, he realized, how am I going to get to he's, – he's from Maryland. And so he flies into uh, either D.C. or Baltimore Airport. And so he's trying to figure out, oh, my goodness, if the storm come, how am I going to ever make it home so I can get to New Jersey? Because I got to speak at New Jersey on Friday. He said, I don't want to go too deep because y'all might not get this. But there is certain authority that we have as Christians. And when you're praying sometimes or you're worshiping God, if you've been living for God for a while, you can tell when certain things started happening in the spiritual realm and you will know what to do. Here is what he, he realized. He started praying, and he, and he felt a certain spirit of authority, liberty just came upon him. And you know what he prayed while he was sitting there? Lord, let the snowstorm go to the east and to the west and part my way that I may get to Baltimore at the time I need to so I can be ready to get to New Jersey on Friday. Now, he's a naval, he's a naval guy. He's from the Navy, right? He spent a lot of time in the Navy. Big time guy. He's not just a regular guy in the Navy. He says when he graduated, he had bars on his, on, on, on his um, uniform where men that's been in the Navy all their life had to salute him. But that's another story. And so he watches the weather. He knows how to watch the weather and all that stuff. Navy guy. So he watched the weather. And he watched how the snowstorm was heading down to, you know, the Maryland, D.C. area. And he just knew he couldn't make But when, after he got done praying, he says, I will not lie to you. I'm not trying to make myself something. But I watched the way how the weather started going. And the snow started opening up. So the planes were able. He, he changed his flight. And his flight was able to land in, D.C., in Maryland, um, in Baltimore, before the snowstorm really hit where he was and he got in now me and you hear that we like what Amen. but we got bible for it Amen. a man prayed and it, and, and it didn't rain for a long time a man prayed and the sun stood still but we we read these and think they stories they stories oh, no man it's because of what i said earlier we are the sons of god that's supposed to have governing authority over this earth and we can do things that we would never dream of but we don't think we can you know why because we're not in right relationship when you're in right relationship you know what you can do God help me. The Bible calls us, the church, the bride of Christ. Now, we, I've given you all the names and all the stuff and what we can do. But here is God going deep on us. He calls us the bride of Christ. Guess what, Brother Bob? When people have right relationship, I'm talking about good relationship. When you hear me say anything about it, I'm talking good I'm not talking about any kind of relationship. When you have good relationship, who has the most influence in a man's life when he has right relationship, children or his wife? You must be crazy. See, see how we mess up in relationship? If 
if if the man and the woman have right relationship, the closest thing to that man is his wife, his bride. And that's why God called the church the bride, because we are his wife, and the influence we've got on God, nobody else don't have it. Uh, when, we, when we get an intimate relationship with God, we can ask him anything. Uh, we can get him to do stuff, because we are the bride. Understand relationship. So all these different things that God has said we are, start thinking about them. When you go to prayer, say, God, I am your bride. Man, you got to say it too. I am your bride. And God, I know I have influence with you. Will you hear me today as I ask, will you do blah, 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 blah. Because guess what? You preface it by saying, I'm the bride. I'm your wife, God. You're coming back for me. You're going to marry me. Oh God, oh God. Relationship, relationship. You see how we see how we challenge because we gotta understand relationship. All right. You're getting quiet on me. You, you can't take no more. The gift reveals our value or worthship of the king. The quality of what we offer the king and the attitude in which we offer it reveal how much. We value the king, not by words, but by action. As children of God, as the bride of Christ, we must do what we say and say what we mean. We can't be telling God, I love you, Lord. Oh, God, you're my everything. But then we go live our life separately in how we want to live. The first time worship is mentioned in the Bible is Genesis 22, verse 5. The first time. The first time. Genesis 22, 5. Look what the scripture says. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here. With the donkey, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and will come again to you. It's the very first time worship was mentioned in the Bible. Now, how in the world this dude was going to take his son and put him on an altar, because that's what he was supposed to be doing, because that's what the, the voice of God told him to do. Put your son on the altar and sacrifice him. That's what the dude was going to do, and he called it worship. He knew God. He was in a relationship with God. So what we looked at it says, that is crazy. He's going to sacrifice his son on the altar. He said, no, I'm going to go worship God. Because when we worship God, we take our most valuable, prized, important possession and offer it to God. That's worship. Never forget that. Your most valuable and prized possession you have. When you say you're worshiping God, you go and give that to God. How do you do that? You, well, let me first make sure we're all on the same page here. Your most prized possession is not your baby. No. No. Your most prized possession when you go on the plane, let me help you out so you know what's your most prized possession. When you go on the plane and they say the plane is going down and the masks fall out, what do they say? 
they said, put yours on first. Then what? Then you can help somebody next to you. And I always say, what if my kid is next to me? And, and I just hear them saying, we say, put yours on first. See, we don't think about that. But God's laws still permeate through the earth in some ways, and we don't even realize it. That people are operating on God's laws sometimes, and they don't even realize it. So they're telling you in the, on, on the airplane, put your mask on first, and then help the person next to you. Even if it's a kid, put yours on first. Your most prized possession is you. <laughs> I know you wanted to be your baby. No, your most prized possession is you. So when you are going to worship God, you're bringing you, not your baby. You're bringing you to God. And you come before God. And really, the real true meaning of of worship is this. I worship you. Oh, God, there is none like you. Oh, God, blessed be your name. I submit myself to you, Lord God. I submit under your authority. Do whatever you want, Lord God, for I give myself to you. I offer myself unto you a living sacrifice, Lord God. You are my God, my master, my ruler. And God, if I be pleasing unto you, will you consume me as a living sacrifice? How often we come to church and do that? How often we come to church and lay out before God. Your clothes too nice? Don't want to get your hair messed up? Well, then you're not giving God the most prized possession. You're giving him what you want. And what do we say about the king? You can't just give the king what you want with any kind of attitude. Cain and Abel. God is so consistent. I wish you'll get there one day as you begin to see these things just connecting, 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 like chains, links, connecting how the word of God is so precise. Cain presented an offering to God. What with the right attitude? No faith, no good attitude. And God said, I don't want that. Why? Because he was king even though he didn't, even though he didn't reveal himself as king yet, he was still king. And so when Cain wanted to give him just whatever he, he said, I'm not taking that. Take that from God right now. Whatever you're giving him, he's not taking it if it ain't all of you. If it ain't right, if it ain't being given with a willing heart, he's not taking it. So that's why sometimes we leave empty. Because we came in and we gave him. And he said, you know what he's saying? He don't have a problem with you because he loves you. I love you, son. But when you're ready to give me all of you, we, we, we can have relationship. But right now, you're not willing to give me what I want. So, you know. When you're ready, just come and see me. He, you know, he's not mad at you. He loves you. But just know you're going to leave out the same way you came in if you offer him whatever you want to and not what he wants. Amen. What we say, one of the worst things you can do is give somebody a gift that you think is good, but they don't think is good. <laughs> oh, I got you this. And you're trying to be nice. Oh, thank you. And you're like, who told her I want that? I don't want that. I don't even like that. She bringing that. To, we do that. So can you imagine you bringing your little? You're like, listen, I love you. I'm, I'm not taking that. How can Jesus become your king? Here we go. Finishing up. We must become a citizen of God's kingdom for us to allow Him to be king in our life. 
until we become a citizen of his kingdom, he is not our king. The only way to become a citizen is by birthright. You cannot become a citizen of a kingdom unless you were born there. You know where I'm going? <laughs> you know where I'm going, Brother Henry, you know where I'm going? It's only birthright that gets you in the kingdom. And that's why we said that if we're going to be a, a, a part of God's kingdom, we must be born again. <laughs> oh, God help us. Birthright is the only way to get in the kingdom, which means we have to be born again to enter in the kingdom of God. To be a Jew, you had to be born a Jew. You see how consistent God is? I wish we could see God, man, I'm telling you. So you couldn't be a Jew just by, you know, Amari Stoudemire claim he is a Jew. You don't know him. Somebody in here know him. He, he had left, he was playing for Phoenix then New York, and he left and went over to Israel and started playing in the Israeli basketball league and say he's converted to Judaism. Okay, whatever. You have to be born a Jew to be a Jew. Amen. You can't be a Jew talking about, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Jew. No, you must be born into being a Jew. So God kept it consistent. You have to be born again. So you got to be born into his kingdom to become a citizen of his kingdom. It's by birth that you get to be a part of the kingdom. There's no other way. Amen. Now people wonder how important is baptism? If you ain't baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are not in the kingdom. I'm sorry to tell you that. That's the word of God. You want me to give you the word of God real quick? Here's the word of God real quick. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the... I told you I don't teach you. I teach you the word. I don't teach you stuff that just I feel like. I'm teaching you God's word. So in order for you to make Jesus your king, you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And that's how you enter the kingdom of God. And that's how he becomes your king. Now, if you have done that, you need to act like he's your king. If you haven't done that, you need to do that so he can become your king. Come on, somebody help me in here today. If you've been born again, then act like he's your king. Israel knew he was their king. So they laid stuff out and said, come on, king. Hosanna, Hosanna, because he was their king. If Jesus is your king, you're supposed to be doing the same thing. Oh, praises be unto God. I give you honor and praise. Jesus, I thank you for being my king. For there is no other king like you. You are the king of kings. That's what people that have been born again supposed to do. And if you're not born again, you need to say, God, I want you to be my king. I am going to be born again so you can become my king. Stand to your feet. I don't want to just preach. I don't just want to talk. I really, I, re I really want to see God's will be done. I really want to see your life being affected by the power of God, by the Spirit of God. I really want to see hearts and minds being touched. I really want to see people's life be 
changed and transformed. I want to see people getting the victory, living for God in just in truth and in righteousness and being real, not just just traditional religion, not just going to a building, not just oh saying our our daily prayers, but just really getting into relationship where you're having communion, where when you're driving you're talking to Him, before you're laying down you're talking to Him, when you think about Him you're talking to Him. You're not reading the Bible out of chore. You just grab it every time you get a moment. Let me see what the scripture says. Every time you get a chance, you just lift your hands and say, Lord, I worship you. I honor you. I want relationship with you. I'm not just here to be religious. I want to have relationship with you. I want to know you. I want to understand you. I want to live for you. I want, Lord God, to be a son of God. Let me tell you this. I can't go deep into this, but it might mess with your mind. When we get born again, we enter his kingdom and we become citizens of his kingdom. But there's still a work that needs to take place for us to become sons of God. I'm not going to go too deep because um, what was what is that in Romans chapter eight? Uh, I can't remember what verse it was, but he talked about um, um, to, to whom um, uh, that that oh, uh, follow the spirit to them. He gave the, the, gave the power to become sons and daughters of Christ. So if we're led by the spirit, we are sons and daughters of God. So the bottom line is, when we get the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and yeah, we talk in tongues and all that stuff, that's just the Holy Spirit, the evidence that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, but we still have work to do. And I think this is where we've missed it, where we have become born again, and we stop right there and don't really realize that God must be formed. It says, until Christ be formed in you. In Galatians 4 and 18, I think it says uh, that we, we have to keep going until Christ be formed in us. So we need Christ to be formed in us. It's more than just being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have to keep living this life and, and, and walking with him and let him continue to shape us and mold us so we can become the sons and daughters of God so we can operate as real relationship with him and not just a re, just tradition, a routine. God, we, we can do it, church. We can, we, can be, we can be a people that can have a relationship with God and not be a church that just are religious, that w- just meet at the building on weekdays and, and on Sunday. We can do it. We can have a real relationship. We're, we're not talking about what we do. We're talking about Him and us. When, when we're having conversation, it needs to be you and God, not just, uh, you know, I go to the church and, uh, God help us. I got one more thing to share with you. Luke 17, verse 20. Did I give you that? Here's how I'm going to finish it up for you. Luke 17, verse 20. The word of the Lord says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, for you are, that they're smart means it's not coming for you to see it. It's not about seeing it. Verse 21. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God. I didn't didn't say it. 
we supposed to be an extension of heaven. <laughs> We're not seeing how important we are. We're not seeing who we are. So he rules and reigns in heaven. But for those that belong to him who are his, 